In this edition of the podcast, Fred Williams, The London Years, at the National Gallery of Victoria. We'll speak with NGV curator Kathy Lay about the 200 drawings, washes and etchings that Williams made in London's music halls at the zoo and on London streets, and the existence of those will come as a revelation to many who only know of the artist's celebrated abstract landscape paintings. I'm Tim Stackpole, and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks for downloading the podcast once again. As always, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and downloaded, and we pay our respects to First Nations people around the world, whether they be past, present or emerging. And a reminder too that a transcript of this edition is available in the episode's description at www.insidethegallery.com.au made possible by the Australian Arts Channel, available to view for free at www.australianartschannel.com.au. Fred Williams was a painter and printmaker whose distinctive vision altered the way many Australians envisaged the landscape. He approached his subject matter as a stimulus for formal invention and says he always wanted to depict the underlying bones rather than the surface skin of the Australian continent. He had an extensive knowledge of Western art and linked his Australian work to these broader traditions. Following study at the National Gallery Art School in Melbourne and private classes at the George Bell Art School in the 1940s, Fred Williams travelled to London in 1951 inspired by street life and the music halls he encountered there and through frequent museum visits he became familiar with european modern and contemporary art absorbing in particular the work of cezanne matisse and the cubists which fueled his constant search for formal innovation the williams family themselves recently gifted a further 600 drawings by fred williams to the national gallery of victoria cementing the collection's international significance as the most comprehensive research collection of the artist in the world. The drawings are from Fred Williams' London Years, and this new exhibition draws on this recent gift and for the first time ever explores the short though incredibly active period between 1952 to 56 when Fred Williams was living in London. Fred Williams, The London Years, is now open at the National Gallery of Victoria and the curator Cathy Lay is on the phone to talk to us. Cathy, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. Now, this London period that the exhibition is concerned with, why is it so relevant with regard to the Williams Collection? It's a really uh, critical period in Fred Williams's development. Um, he's a young artist when he goes to London. He's only 24 years of age, but he had had already quite a significant period of training here in Melbourne. And it's quite an exploratory period while he's there in London. He took himself off to study the great collections of art in London. He was very serious about his vocation, about his practice, and really wanted to engage with the canon of um, Western art history. While he's in London, Fred's really looking to 
establish his identity, I think. And he he talks later about that he's looking for abiding values, something that's permanent that he can really uh, guide his art by rather than something that's fashionable. And so what we really see is him intensively observing the world around him while he's in London and Mm -hmm. also engaging with art history. And I think those, those two strands provide very interesting kind of catalyst for development and for for his later work. I mean, what's interesting about the London period, and I think will surprise many viewers who come to see the show, is that at this time in his career, Fred Williams, he was classically trained, was really aspiring to be a figure painter. It wasn't landscape that uh, that he was pursuing. Of course, he did make landscape, both drawings and gouaches and paintings, but he was really training himself and refining his skills in the representation of people. And so while he was in London, Fred actually had to work. He couldn't, he didn't have a scholarship, so he needed to support himself. So he had a daytime job in a picture framers and in the evenings he would go to life drawing classes to keep his hand in to keep drawing to have access to models and if you can imagine you know he's really wanted he's he's there he wants to further his art but yet he's having to work during the day so his evenings and his weekends are taken up with his own art practice so he's drawing at the school of art at the chelsea polytechnic and he's also painting in his rooms at night. And on the weekends, he's visiting museums. We know that within the first two weeks of being in London, he writes a letter to John Brack saying, I visited the Tate, the National Gallery and the V&A six times. And here are my impressions. And he reels off a list of artists whose work is impressed him. And, that, and they are. It's people like Raphael Bellini. French Impressionists as well, Cezanne, he particularly loved a painting by Renoir called The Umbrellas in London. So he was engaging with all of these collections. I'm impressed that he was so committed and so fastidious at that age. I mean, travelling to the UK and just being totally immersed and committed to this craft. It's such a great point that you've touched on there, Tim, and it is something that is absolutely uh, obvious with Fred right from the very beginning, and that is his total dedication to his work. Mm. Um, and you know, I know there are other uh, people who were students with him at the National Gallery School in Melbourne said they knew that Fred would be an artist because his commitment was so great. But in London, you know, it's interesting. He he told an interviewer later in life that, you know, who asked, you know, what did the London period do for mm. you? What did you gain there? And he said, it slowed me down. Right. It made me realise what I had to achieve, the standard I had to achieve. And he also said, Tim, he said, a young artist is an artist at 50. The problem with Australia is that so many artists, so many artists want to be an artist before they're ready for it. So he was quite comfortable with this long... um, A slow burn. Slow burn. And really making sure that he was really well-developed and sure of where he was going and so that's one of the things that you see that come across in this exhibition is his dedication to his craft to building his skills so we have one room in the in the show that's dedicated to the life drawings that he um, made at the Chelsea school 
and they're marvelous works you know you know he's dedicated he's committed he you know he observes intently but the drawings are not labored or highly finished in any way you know fred was a very quick worker he was a very quick draftsman and so the drawings have this extraordinary energy you know they're working drawings and you can see him working through he overdraws lines he moves the position of a limb you know he kind of flips the the conte crayon from its end where he's drawing line work to the side where he kind of blocks in very quickly blocks in shade shading and tone and even though it's very quickly handled what, what really comes across in the exhibition, what strikes you, I think, is how incisive he was. You know what an extraordinary draftsman he was. So the drawings have this sense of vitality, of energy, of their rapid-fire, you know, making, yet mm. they are absolutely capture the essentials. So you've got the cheetah in this kind of stretched-out, languorous pose, and just with the sweep of the Conte crayon, Fred captures it, you know, or with a contour line, he just, there's a wonderful series um, of caricature heads, you know, people that he observed in the music halls in the evenings where, you know, their kind of expressions of face have clearly kind of amused him. And I think there's there's a lot of humour comes across in Fred's drawings. So these little caricature heads, you know, people have got their mouths open in shock or uh, surprise at what they're seeing before them or, you know, someone's wearing a ridiculous hat and someone else has got a big double chin and beaky nose. You know, they're humorous drawings. And Fred was very well tutored in, in the history of caricature. You know, he loved Dormier. He he was um, knew the works of Hogarth and Guia, and so that was a style of drawing that he was very good at. We see in this collection that you're showing zoo animals and people in music halls. Mm. Do do you know why he had such a, a focus in, in that area? Yeah, the zoo animal drawings. Um, he became friendly with an Australian artist who arrived in London from Sydney. His name was Francis Limburner, and Limburner was very well known as an accomplished animalia. You know, a, a, a drawer, a draftsman of, of of animals. And a Limburner had been going to the Taronga Park Zoo from the late 1930s, and he actually he later said, you know, it's the best training an artist can have. You know, it's not like the posed models in the studio that you have to be quick. It's where I learnt to draw. And so Fred actually went along to the zoo in Regent's Park together with Francis Limburner. They worked together and um, apparently Francis Limburner used to catch um, sheets of paper from Fred. They were both desperately poor and would draw side by side. And Limburner's drawings as well of animals, like Fred's, are this kind of very fluid, linear outline. In addition to Francis Limburner's animal drawings, Fred, of course, knew the drawings of Rembrandt and Goya. Rembrandt does marvellous drawings of elephants and lions. Goya, there's a great print of an elephant that Goya made. Mm. So he knows mm. these works from art history and, and also various other kind of 20th century artists who made animals. So that's one sequence of works that he did. And I think he went along because, as I mentioned uh, before, he was really intent on drawing all the time. He was drawing incessantly while he was in London. So he was, you know, looking at the world around him and this was one venue where he could go and extend his skills. And similarly, the music hall, he started going there quite 
soon after his arrival in London. You know, the auditoriums there, there was um, still lighting up in the gods, up in the upper section of those great big music hall auditoriums. And so he would sit at the front of the gods and um, with his sketch pad and pencil and just draw, 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 you know, the acrobats, the jugglers, the puppeteers, even performing geese that he saw, you know, at one performance, Max Miller, the great comedian. And so, again, it's, you know, if you think about he's been drawing moving subjects at the zoo, of course they're kind of um, don't stop on the stage at the music hall. So yet another place where he could continue to draw. And one of the friends that he used to go to the music hall with, John Taylor, said that he would use, he would just, he, they were memory prompts, that they were just notes, and then he would later use those drawings to work up other compositions. And that is one of the aspects of Fred that I'm really trying to draw out in this exhibition, and that is that the uses that he put his drawing to, you know, that how he would um, combine sketches or kind of modify them and turn them into etchings which are related to drawing you know you draw through the acid resistant ground with a sharp needle so it's like drawing with a pen and he would transpose his his subject or the composition onto the plate and then work it through a whole series of techniques and processes and then he would also even take that image and then move it across into a painting either in gouache or oil and while he's doing this this kind of serial nature the progression of the image he's changing the image he's refining it he's kind of changing the format or cutting out details or adding in new details and so it becomes a very important way of him distilling his pictorial ideas and refining his ideas from the direct observation, what he observes on the spot. And I think one point about Fred's work is that it always comes from observation, it's directly observed. But then he filters it through, you know, the kind of craft of picture making with reference to all of the great works of art that he's looking at. You know, you can see in the etchings where he's ref he's clearly looking at Goya or he's clearly mm. looking at Rembrandt. But I think the point with Fred is that it's never undigested, you know. They're not direct copies. He's he's built a vocabulary that's come from vast looking, you know. He's a very mm. intelligent and well-informed artist. And so it creates his own language drawing from all of these sources. I think that way of working is something that really he consolidates in his London period and it becomes the kind of basis for his later development, the way he will progress an image, even when he's no longer, not necessarily with, um, with drawing, but once he starts working on his paintings, he'll progress the image through sequences of images and series and develop, refine, change. So it becomes a modus operandi in effect. So, so that's another reason why it's such an important period for him as an artist. It might have been his way of capturing a, a photograph, if you like, for future inspiration. Yes. But what an amazing way to build your skills mm. as well, to actually have to capture the moment of a mm. subject where you mm. don't have control over them, where you yes. have to actually capture that moment. I mean, again, remarkable for someone of, of that age. I mean, we know he had the skills and we know yes. he had the education, but just to use that as a method of refining what you do is brilliant. 
It really is. It 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 really really is, and you can you see the caliber of the artist that he is. You know that these drawings, although they're kind of rushed off, as I said before, you know they're quick. They're quick, 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 and there's wonderful reminiscences of his fellow artists about you know that when Fred was drawing at the National Gallery School, he'd be discarding sheet after sheet onto the floor in clouds of charcoal dust, that he was quick. And, and John Brack sort of also mentioned this about him, that he was a very quick painter and he wouldn't unscrew the tube of painting, chop it in half to get to the paint. But even though he's doing, uh, working so quickly, it is just uh, the kind of skill, the kind of extraordinary incisive ability that he had to capture very, very quickly the essence of what he sees before him. And I think that's what makes these drawings so breathtaking, really, is that in looking at them, you can really appreciate both the speed with which he's done them and also just how amazing they are in capturing either an expression or a mood or, you know, a position of an animal or, or a person sitting before him, you know? Yeah, I mean, they are, they're rushed pieces, but I don't necessarily want to indicate by saying they're rushed pieces that they don't have a style about them. You know, Fred often said that uh, drawing a line was a basic instinct for him. And I think that also speaks to, you know, his interest in caricature, because of course, it's the, the potent, the charged line that is such an important element in caricature. And that, you know, his ability to kind of refine a subject before him down into its component, you know, linear outline or content. You know, and these are great skills that he then takes across into his paintings when he comes when he comes home. And of course, the relationship, that extraordinary moment of, of when he decides to paint the Australian landscape is connected to the London period because it's when he comes home by boat and stops at Fremantle mm. and from the deck of the boat he could actually see the Australian landscape and see how unstructured and unfocused it was and thought that's what I'm going to paint you know that is what I will do and you know for Fred he often said that you know the subject itself was not what was important it was just something you hung, you hung your hat on that you built your subject into the paint so you constructed your picture and his great biographer James Mollison talked about the extraordinary knowledge that Fred had of the great works of art in um, and he had his favorites but that he not only knew the canon of Western art history but he also also knew he knew particular paintings intimately you know the the kind of layering that, uh, of paint the kind of scumble techniques he knew them intimately had studied them very closely and so when he comes to working before the motif in the Australian landscape he brings all of that kind of knowledge of how to construct a picture how to kind of make what you see in front of you turn that into a work of art you know not mm. just copy of what you see that you're constructing that you're creating something it has its own beauty yes you, cre you create that out of the kind of you know the the mark making and and i actually think that all of this drawing that fred did in london you know and before london you know he was drawing incessantly in melbourne before he went to london as well his kind of abstracted views of the australian landscape are known for their calligraphic kind of 
vocabulary, you know, the mark makings, the kind of blobs of paint that stand for the, the fallen trees and the stumps and the, and the kind of grey-green foliage of the gum tree, that some of that kind of comes through from his uh, ability of capturing essentials that um, he'd developed so well through his drawing practice. Now, Cathy, let's talk about your connection with these works. How excited are you to have received these into your gallery? I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. You know, the the NGV already has a very fine um, and, in fact, um, the most important collection of Fred Williams's work in the country. We've been very fortunate. Over several decades, Lynn Williams, the artist's widow and family, honoured a wish that uh, Fred himself had articulated uh, before his death, that he wanted to establish a collection, a museum collection where his prints could be studied. You know, printmaking becomes a major form for Fred during his London years. And he, you know, like Rembrandt, like Goya, so these artists whom he revered, he worked very seriously at his printmaking. And, it's, and it, has, it feeds into his practice in a very interesting way. And he wanted one collection to represent that. And so he chose Melbourne, the National Gallery of Victoria. And so we have benefited over the decades through a series of donations that really have established us, the NGV collection, as the the study centre, the repository collection for Fred Williams's printmaking. And we have something like 15 or 1600 impressions of his prints. You know, he has a total number of about 300 prints, but he does them in different states and prints them on different colours of paper. So we represent all of that. And that group of works has now been very richly supplemented or complemented by this recent donation from Lynn Williams and the family of a great cache of the artist's early drawings, drawings from both the London period, and there's about 500 of those, 500 in total, and some are in other collections, but and also Melbourne drawings, early Melbourne drawings when he was a student. So we have this great study collection now for Fred Williams, and he's such an important artist in Australian art history that it's wonderful that we have that collection and it will enable his work to be studied in depth and um, understood better understood going into the future so it's it's exactly the kind of thing that the great that great collections do and we're very grateful to the Williams family for really entrusting us with the legacy with this great legacy for Fred Williams standard question in your job Kathy how do you choose what you're going to include in this exhibition <laughs> that was a tough job and I mm. can that was really hard. That was weeks and weeks in the print room here at the NGV going through all of the drawings that have come in as part of the donation and really thinking about how I might organise the exhibition and just really assessing the works, which ones are stronger, which ones show a different array of techniques, which ones um, show different processes that the artist is doing. So it's about including the very best of the work but also showing the variety and range of the material. So I actually do it physically. I lay the works out, kind of go through them and then lay them out and group them and refine and refine. It's a long process, but um, it's great. And, and it's been very gratifying, actually. You know, all that work that's done in here uh, before they're framed or mounted to see how strong they look on the walls now that we've actually installed the show. So it's, um, yeah, it's been a marvellous experience. Do you think your collection is done now in terms of Williams or is there stuff that you're still itching to add to what you have? Always can have more. <laughs> 
I know the answers to these questions, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> Does, is there ever a curator who says, no, that's enough? <laughs> I don't know. Look, there's um, other aspects of his development. We're always on the lookout for, um, you know, sometimes with his prints, sometimes there are states and states are, you know, the working proofs. When he makes a change on a plate, he'll take an impression and then move on to the next. We're missing just some of those and very occasionally they come up on the market and if ever that happens, we pounce because we really want it to be a complete collection, you know, um, uh, for his for his prints. But always on the lookout for something that complements and it might extend. But yes, you know, we're in a very good position now with what we have. Yeah, so you're very satisfied with what we'll get <laughs> to see when we come to visit. Yes, I hope. I, I hope people will be excited about it as I am. Do you know, it's been interesting just this past week where I've had really very interesting responses from the broader public, I think. You know, kind of real Fred Williams aficionados or, you know, art historians know that there was this London period that precedes, you know, the development of his mature vision, but it's not really been explored in great depth. Yes. So you know, that's, you know, we've got 200 works on the wall here. Uh, so it's a big show and it just is very fulsome in its exploration of uh, of the those kind of major groups of work, uh, the drawings that he made. Mm. Yeah, I think you get to that point where you, you know the artist so well and then all mm. of a sudden something else is uncovered and you go, well, hang on a minute, I had no idea mm, that this yes. artist had this period or these works or whatever, especially him finding himself, finding his own art. But for those who love who love yeah. the artist himself to actually discover this, yeah. it's like reimagining a person in a completely different dimension. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, he did always do portraits later, but I think, I think people will really be surprised and... Um, I hope delighted by by the show, just how strong it looks, and and by as you say, you know this kind of hitherto kind of hidden aspect that um, kind of comes in comes to light through the exhibition through this expose. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before I let you go, is there anything else that the gallery is is putting together? Something else you're excited about coming up soon? Well, there's <laughs> yeah, lots. Um, <laughs> pick two, Kathy. Pick two. Okay, the Alexander McQueen exhibition that opens in December is marvelous show really the first major expose of uh, McQueen's work here in Australia that's been a show that's been done in partnership with the Los Angeles County Museum of Art so that's going to be very exciting wow, yeah. and of course in March um, we have Melbourne Now which is the 10, 10 years on from the first iteration of that show that really will take over the NGV Australia building at Fed Square with uh, the works of a couple of hundred of contemporary Australian artists and designers looking at what's happening in Melbourne right now. So, you know, two very exciting projects coming up. Yeah, well, you're always very busy at the NGV, Kathy. Plenty of great stuff coming up, and I wish you all the very best for the Williams exhibition too, and thank you so much for your time on the podcast. Thanks so much, Tim. It's been great to talk. That's Kathy Lay, the NGV Senior Curator of Prints and Drawings and the curator of Fred Williams' The London Years. That exhibition is open now until the 29th of January next year, so get along and take a look. More info, of course, can be found at www.ngv.vic.gov.au. That's ngv.vic.gov.au. Or head to our website, insidethegallery.com.au, 
and click on the link in the description of this edition. And don't forget you'll find a downloadable transcript of our conversation there as well, thanks to the Australian Arts Channel. That is the podcast for this episode. Until next time, I'm Tim Stackpool. Bye-bye for now.